You are listening to the Might See TV podcast. I'm your host, Brian Finley, and this is the podcast where we talk about your favorite TV shows of the past and present. Today, we talk to Matthew Van Colton. Matthew Van Colton has selected the TV series Alias. So join us today as we talk through the twists and turns of everyone's favorite CIA agent, Sydney Bristow. Hi there, and welcome to the Must See TV. <laughs> Great start, right? Uh, welcome to the Must See TV. No, it's not even the Must See TV. Welcome, Keep going. <laughs> welcome to the Might See TV podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Brian Finley, and of course, today we have our very special guest, <laughs> Matthew Van Colton. Or is it Matt Colton? I, th- I think for this, it's got to be Matt Colton. No, not Oh, or not Matt Van, Van Colton. One of, the, one of the three is fine. Nuts. I'll answer to any of them. Perfect. I didn't know the name of your podcast until I just heard it. It's, it was in the email. I didn't Which read, you thoroughly read. I thoroughly read the email. Yes. Might see TV. That's very clever. I love it. Yeah, because, you know, it's maybe a show someone might have seen. <laughs> or they or might they see might it. Not. <laughs> they might see it one day. Uh, but it's cool today. Uh, Matt is a good friend of mine. We've known each other for seven years, maybe. I just made that up, but I think I'm actually right. It's gotta be somewhere in there. Because, no, it's probably eight. Because Matt is a member of Manzical uh, here in Chicago with myself. Um, so that would put us at eight years. I think we've, we knew each other before that. Yes, we did. Which is very important. Uh, today we're pretty pumped because we are talking about a television show called Alias. A little something called Alias. Uh, Matt is apparently a big fan of this show. (laughs) I, I don't know it that well. I know it a little bit. Okay. I wondered that. Had you been like, so you obviously, you watched the show in preparation, but did you know the show at all? Uh, I knew it a little. I had a coworker actually. Uh, who sat uh, on the other side of the wall of me, and it was one of his favorite shows. And he was like, oh, it's great. He owned all five seasons. <laughs> and I thought that was terrific. And he let me borrow season one. And this was years ago. And so I was like, great. So I watched season... I didn't watch all of season one. I watched like episode one, two, three, maybe got up to four. <laughs> And I felt like at the end of every episode, it was like, I just found a bomb. What do I do? <laughs> and it, it didn't seem to have, for me, maybe those <laughs> those high stakes that I felt 24 had. Yes. It didn't seem as real. Uh, but I'd love to hear, I'd love to hear your experience with Alias, how you even started watching it. Well, yeah, okay. I will, I will tell you that. I, um... But before I forget, I have to tell you this. I, what you what you don't love about it is, is what I love. I wish that's what I loved. It's ridiculous. It's the most ridiculous show. Yes. It's the that's so good. Well, but you have to fall in love with like the absolute like ludicrousness of everything. I I love Jennifer Garner. I do too. So I should be fully on board, and I think I could get there. But episode two, I just want to say it's not very good. Episode one, the pilot of Alias. Is very good. Great. Yeah. Gets me on board. I'm interested. Then they bring on episode two. (laughs) And I fell asleep. And I feel like this probably happened uh, 
10 years ago when I tried watching it the first time. Yeah. Uh, what about yourself? How did you, I mean, I'm just dying with anticipation on how you began this show. Um, I'm so glad you asked. I began, well, I actually kind of like you, I watched pieces of Alias over the course of like its life. When it was on TV. I mean, kind of, yeah, Uh, but like not religiously. And I sort of remember when it was on and being mildly interested in it. I, I suspect it was like on a night that I typically wasn't home or something. It feels like it. I, I don't know. Like, I, it's not a show I ever ran into, but I always was like, that's cool. Oh, I really like her. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, that it was actually on on Thursday nights a lot on ABC. I always make plans on Thursday well, nights. You know that. Well, it was up against <laughs> NBC's must-see TV, which I don't think Friends was necessarily your thing. But And I know Will and Grace is not your favorite we, show, but those are the shows that, yeah. it was up against. So I think a lot of people had that on the Heavy TV. hitters. Then... ABC's like, hey, watch our weird spy yes. show. And the, it did really poorly. Or it didn't do that great. So it was like getting like number 60 in Nielsen ratings and that type of thing. It was not on my radar. But it, it wasn't huge. And yeah. then in like season four, they put it on Wednesday nights, which Lost was on on Wednesday nights. So it was like a J.J. Abrams show going into another J.J. Abrams show. And then all of a sudden... It exploded. Yes. Uh, and the ratings weren't bad initially. Um, they were still pretty good, but it was... Uh, that is what sort well, of so made I didn't, it the tour de force. So like four seasons four and five, it's just five seasons. Yeah. Season four and five had a larger viewership. Uh, season four did. But then I think in season <laughs> five, they moved it again. <laughs> But season four was its biggest year of viewing. So what you're saying is I'm really the only person that has faith in Alias because the people that wrote it and produced it just shuffled it around. No, they didn't. The network did. They they had faith in it. And it wasn't doing bad. And I think even though it was getting like an average number 60 in the Nielsen ratings, still that doesn't mean that it wasn't attracting the 18 to 49 demo that it wanted, which is all that... That's all anyone cares and about. And really, they care about 18 to 34, yeah. which I'm sure is much more in line with what Jennifer Garner and the show Alias was attracting. Sure. This is all just young, my speculation. <laughs> young, wannabe spy career professionals. That's right. Well, I watched it I watched it like that the first time, but I did watch it all in a chunk. I binged the whole show with my very good friend Joe Feldman on a cruise ship. Oh, that is, and that's so you had nothing else you could watch. I had nothing else to watch, and it was this amazing source of entertainment. We would go. We were on a cruise ship for Second City doing shows. Um, Joe is this awesome, smart, funny, wonderful friend of mine. She um, she's actually she writes for cards. She's the head writer for Cards Against Humanity. She's an awesome. She does it all. She does it all. We um, should have had her here to also she, oh, talk listen, about if, When she hears this, she'll be mad that she was not included. But she will be our second listener. <laughs> she will be our my second listener. listener. <laughs> uh, so I'm pretty excited. <laughs> she, uh, she and I were starved for stuff to do. I mean, you you work the cruise ship, you do these shows, but even if you have like six or eight shows a week, you have days and days of just nothing because you're done rehearsing the show. You go to the gym, you go to the buffet, you sleep for ten hours. And then you sit in the sun, and then you go to Joe's room, and you watch Alias. Well, you can always hang out with, like, the cruise ship 
uh, like tourists. Yes. You can always <laughs> hang out with them and mingle with them because they like to see you. Like you're someone from the big show. They love to see you. They love to take pictures with you. It's fun. So I know you always liked to really do that a lot. You know I love that. And then when you've been doing that for four hours a day, uh, just greeting with them, you thought, okay, I'll go watch 42 minutes of TV. Of Alias, yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so that that's a neat way to get into the show. You had no other option. Well, and Joe, Joe and I both were into <laughs> yeah. it and decided beforehand that we that, would... That would be the show. That we would watch it. So we watched it over the course of four months, and we would literally watch, like, an episode or two every day or so. Yeah. Um, it was part of, like, our daily routine. <laughs> yeah. We couldn't get anybody else to watch it with us either. We invited... John, another guy that was on the ship with us. We invited Jen, another castmate. Yeah. No one was super into it. No, John probably was very busy, and Jen, she was also very busy. <laughs> so I were. understand how that goes. They were busy living their lives. Yeah. Uh, so this was big for you on the cruise ship. You watched it one or two episodes a day, maybe sometimes three, because mm-hmm. you just like couldn't get enough. Well, once you get past, like, the middle of the first season, and I think I, um, I would have to, like, look at the episode and sort of remember, but I think I, I think I know what you're talking about. I think I agree with you about, it just, I don't think it really hit its flow until season two, but there were enough cliffhangers that we'd be like, well, let's just watch one more because surely they're going to figure out this thing or that thing. Little did we know that like the Rimbaldi device is throughout the whole fucking show. Yes. Little did we know that like the same patterns would be repeated with Sydney and her relationships with people and that kind of thing. Yes. But it's all, it's all different each time. So it's still kind of dramatic and cool. Yeah. I think I felt, okay, a lot keeps happening and it feels like the same, like every, and this is from my first three episodes before Um, today we're even talking about a more specific episode from season two, episode 22, called The Following. The Telling. The Telling. Don't know, I'm thinking of the Kevin Bacon show, The Following, apparently. The Following, The Telling, telling. whatever. Il Deer, as he calls it, which Mm -hmm. is French, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I know deer is, like, to say something. And uh, eel is what here? Eel is usually like he or they, so oh. it's probably Italian, actually. Because Rimbaldi, he's probably Italian. Yeah, and fake, not real. Yes, there is no true, uh, apparently. Yeah, sorry, you, listeners. You've looked into it. <laughs> uh, so he, let's see. So I felt like a lot of the show, just every time, it's like, oh, this is her dad. He's a good guy. Actually, he's not a good guy. Oh, he is a good guy. Actually, you know what? He's not good. <laughs> actually, you know what? You are working for the CIA of the United States. You no, know, you're actually just working for SD6. That's what it feels like. It's like a bunch of Scooby-Doo masks just being yes, taken off. Even in... One after the other. Yes. And I wanted to, like, kind of recall the show. So I watched the pilot episode this, like, past week. Oh. And when... Her dad, her dad, like picks her up at some point, and he explains to her, like, actually, uh, you've been working for SD Six. You haven't been working for the CIA this whole time. Victor Garber. Yes, Victor Garber picks her up. The world's most beautiful head and tiniest ears. Tiny, yeah. tiny little ears. He does. He has tiny little ears. I, I've never looked at the ears, He's but a handsome I man with you. tiny ears. Anyway, yeah. no, uh, and you know, he also like 
did big things on the Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was, I mean, I feel like he was kind of one of the ones that messed it up. Yeah, it was... He knew. Was he a captain? He was like the, the captain or he the was architect driving. Or yeah. No, no, he wasn't the architect. That's, oh, he wasn't? Well, maybe. But there's another man who's behind it in the movie. Mark who, like, Wahlberg. Is, Mark no, Wahlberg he's like the... really tall with dark hair and very thin. Um, and it's he's the one that kind of ruined it. And he gets off the ship. Yeah. Captain Andrews, he... who is Victor Garber, stays on the ship. Water flows right through him. Through him. And he dies. Victor Garber of, of Assassin's fame, too, on Broadway. I had he no idea. He played the narrator memorably. Yeah, and Stephen Sondheim's Assassin. I think Whoa. he might have... Probably, they probably threw him a Tony for that, or maybe said, you did a good job. This is be- before the NPH revival. This is before the NPH revival. Okay. Yeah, the original. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. He was Booth. Oh. Yeah. Like, in that version? Mm-hmm. Oh. If you get a chance. Yeah. He's a good singer. Yeah, I'll get tickets to Broadway tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, it's so, clo- it's that that one is closed. You're not gonna be able to see that. Oh, they don't just keep the same show running <laughs> for like. 15 it's from like years. 1990. Oh, 20, 25 <laughs> years, 28 years. That'll be good. Uh, but she, Jennifer Garner, like grabs his face and is like, and this is episode one, and she's like, "Is that really you, Dad?" <laughs> And so this tells me that, all right, this is going to be a world where people do rip masks off like Mission Impossible. This is a world where people jump off of buildings, out of planes, like onto a tiny little red spot in the middle of a field. Yes. Fall to their death, but they're not really dead. Pretend to be someone else. This is, this is yeah. all those things. This is also the world where I noticed <laughs> there's something that they need to go to in this episode that we're talking about today. There's some reason they need to go to Stockholm, Sweden, but they don't have any, like, representatives they could just send to this party. Like, why does Jennifer Garner have to be the one to go there? Also, Once they have someone, and then they go, then let's go to Mexico City, like, right from there. And Mexico City, they, they took all the trouble to, like, they spent all the money on Stockholm, so they do the inside of this funky-looking, like, kind of club and try to make it sort of Stockholm-y, and Mexico City's just a building. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is definitely downtown Los Angeles. Yeah. My favorite part about the Stockholm... Is that they send Vaughn, um, they send Sydney and Vaughn. Sydney's in disguise, but Vaughn's not. No, he's not. It's just her. She's in like a blonde She's wig. She's very blonde. And he's just him. There's some reason, I'm sure, in terms of the logic of the show, but it always, that makes me laugh. There's, yeah. there's lots I of... I guess because he had the lighter colored hair and it was Sweden and she had to be blonde. I mean, maybe. That's gotta be it, right? I, yeah. She looks like, like a Nordic pop star in the, yeah. in the episode. Uh, the wigs, the wigs, the wigs. I know. She always, <laughs> I, is that part of the reason for Tune In, do you think? People were like, what will she wear in this episode? I mean, when Joe and I were watching, we used to, we used to kind of bet, like at the beginning of the episode, like how many wigs do you think? What do you think? Three? Yeah. Is a five wig show? Like a five wig show is a good show. Is it? That's a good show. Isn't yeah. that a if little you can get a character top? No, that's, no, that's, that's either the reason that you love this show or the reason that you're like, this is stupid. I love the ridiculousness of it. I like the uneven tone of the show. <laughs> like they try, they try to have those um, office moments with Marshall, the IT guy. Yeah. Yes. And it's like this weird, terrible, bad, broad comedy. And then they go like halfway around the world <laughs> to, to China or Sweden or whatever Kill a bunch of people, steal something back, and then come back. To and then March. come back, and then Marshall's asking like dating advice. 
Yeah, it's wackadoo. I was actually curious, do people, do fans enjoy Marshall, like the character? I don't. Do you? Do well, you don't, you I'm don't okay with him, and in episode one, he's really, like, he's even more extreme, like, bumbling I don't think like, he is yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. And here's my thing. Marshall is going to be... It's going to be great when it turns out Marshall has been a bad guy the whole time. I don't know when that comes out, if it's season, like, five, the last episode. But I think Marshall could be one of those deceiving characters. God, if only, if only, that's like, that would have been par for the course. I don't think it ever happened in the show. They said they had to keep some things. Some things are pure. Marshall is pure and Dixon is pure. Okay. Dixon is her former partner, like in the first like season, but then he becomes the director of the agency later on. Okay. And he like dabbles in a whole bunch of things, and there's a bunch of mystery with him. He's got a couple story arcs, but he turns out to be a good guy in the end. Wow. Marshall Dixon. Anyone who's on season two, <laughs> spoiler alerts. No, hold tight to your hope. You can, <laughs> you can always count on Dixon and Marshall, friends. Don't worry. That's good. Yeah. You know, sometimes you just need those those specific characters that you know are going to be good. You need Dixon, you need more. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this episode pretty much uh, starts out with Bradley Cooper and Allison, or Fran, you know, who yes. is she? And she is about, she's actually, this is like a callback to either episode one or two, but she's putting this thing in this ring that she's going to, like, I don't know, poison him and kill him or make him knock yes. him out at least. Yeah. And so she's about to do that, but doesn't get through to it. And I was sort of sad because having not watched it all, I'm like, oh, now I'm learning that Fran has been... But I don't think Fran has been a bad person this whole time. This Allison person has somehow taken over her and is in the disguise. Oh, I love that you don't know. I, and you know what? I don't even... I would have to go back and watch to explain how it happened, but I love that you just... And I guess anyone that's just tuning into this particular episode <laughs> would be very confused. <laughs> no one who would listen to this would just watch. Like, I'm just going to watch season two, two. episode 22. There's no one that's like, I really want to listen to a podcast. So I'm going to go watch one random episode of Alias. <laughs> but this is the quintessential episode. Yeah. This is the episode. It has like. Every character that's been in season one and two comes back in this episode. Yeah. Because it's the season finale. And it's where the show jumps off into full-on crazy town. Got because it. the ending, which we can talk about. Are yeah. we doing spoilers? Does it matter? We it's can a, spoil It's like a 20-year-old show. Yeah. No, no. We okay, so Francie's been... Francie is her best friend and roommate, and she's the one she comes home to, and, like, they have dinner together, and... But they don't have coffee pals, ice cream together. But they don't have coffee ice cream. <laughs> well, she figures that out Jennifer too. probably, or Sydney, probably buys coffee ice cream because she knows her roommate won't take it. <laughs> yes! It's, like, her third favorite, but she's like, I know Francie won't steal this. <laughs> you know that's what she was thinking. <laughs> My first favorite is chocolate, but she likes it, too, so I don't want to put it in the freezer. Yeah. And... Francie just, or Allison, just went for the ice cream. So she knew it wasn't her. And she fed her, which was so, like, Yeah, that's strange. not normal. I'm like, do roommates sit on the couch and, like, feed each other? Uh, I feel like not. No. Not even, like, 
couples. Not even couples. I, not that I know of. Well, I certainly wouldn't. Maybe on like a second date, you might be like, here, do you want to try this? Try my dessert because we're sharing, like we're yeah. not sharing the dessert. We each got our own. But once you're a year into the relationship, <laughs> that's not happening. No, you're like, well, get away from my fork. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, she feeds her. She find, like that happens. The the doubling happens. They also try to reverse Will's memory through a psychologist. Okay, so Will is that Bradley Cooper? That's Bradley Cooper. What? So in episode one, going way back, he's like I don't even know how his role will ever even factor into this world. He is he gets, just a random friend? He's like a friend that always carried a torch for Sydney, and they've had a few moments over the course of Alias, and he comes back yes, later I, on. I saw he's a recurring guest in the future. Yes, he's around, and looking quite good in season four, too. A tasty little treat for our Sydney, who's in need of just some bedding. <laughs> it's interesting, because I never realized Bradley Cooper This is pre-fame Bradley Cooper. in a TV show. You know, I I even just think even early Bradley Cooper was in Wet Out American Summer. This was about the same time. Assumed he went on to international, and then he went on to The Hangover. I guess I think that was his first big hit. I feel like this was happening around the time too. He just was kind of like a all of a sudden an up and coming working actor. Yeah, who was busy and getting stuff. I had no idea. Yeah. I it's kind of cool to see him, like, pre-fame, because he's just kind of, like... Not that he's a big, like, douchebag now. I don't mean that. But no. he's, like, big, famous, huge Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Three-time Oscar-nominated, you know, or two-time whatever. He's big-time Bradley Cooper. He's big-time Bradley Cooper. He's small-time Bradley Cooper you even You even forget that Jennifer Garner was a TV star. This show rocketed her to, like... <coughs> Super fame. Yeah, she. Won, I think she won some awards for it. I feel like you think like some like a, like Emmys or Golden Globes or something like that. I, I don't know. I don't feel they give this type of show any credit. You might be right at the Emmys or the Golden Globes because they're just trying to like they don't they don't like act action type shows. I feel they don't get the acclaim. The actors don't. The actors don't. Sometimes yeah. maybe the. Whatever does. Yeah, production. Stunt yeah. people. Yeah. Yes, the stunt people probably won a few <laughs> Emmys, is what I like to think. Uh, so, there's just lots going on in this episode. I mean, also, Garner is, or Sydney, is playing hockey with her mom at one point. <laughs> uh, her mom? Okay, so her mom is... A that real- is a confusing relationship to someone who's just tuning in. Yeah, and I, I love the thought, though, of someone watching season 222 as their only <laughs> taste of alias. But she... The mom is a Russian spy, but also was a loving mother, but also has double-crossed Sydney and her father, who both work for the government. <laughs> Yeah. Like, multiple times. She also, I apparently can move time and space because she, like, shows up at places. She's supposedly, like, an international fugitive, but Vaughn leaves the ice. They're, like, hitting the hockey stick together, hockey puck together, and she shows up, like, 30 seconds later. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, whatever flew in on her invisible jet. It was random <laughs> to have them playing hockey. Anyway. Well, he's, like, a, he coaches hockey. Like, it's a little side story. Uh. Whoa, I didn't realize. Yeah, so like he's and it's a sport he likes and watches. So they that's like how he works out. Okay. His character. Wow, I do yeah. know a lot about Alias. This oh, is sick. 
That's good that you remembered. If you were like binging it, sometimes you can easily forget such you important can. facts. Yeah, that's it's part of the shading of Vaughn, a very carefully shaded character. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you ever in during the series think Vaughn might not be a good guy? Well, he has some moments of not being good, but he's ultimately good. Yeah, he's a flawed hero. That's right. You should, if you really want to treat, you should watch the very last episode of Alias. <laughs> Just get also, it all figured out. Or like the last two, I think it's a two-part episode. Like, it's absolutely wackadoo. Yeah. Of course. How could it not be? No, it, it would have to be. Yeah. He's, um, he, they want to get away on a vacation together. They to have Santa Barbara. On a vacation. <laughs> Where do they live? Are they in New York? No, they're in L.A. Oh, yeah. so that's not even very far. No, it's like a... <laughs> Which, when they say we just need to book the hotel, legitimately just, just book, book the, the hotel. Just book the hotel. Like, get on TripAdvisor and do it. How far away is Santa Barbara, do you think? Like, an hour? It's part of, like, kind of greater, greater L.A., so it's not even... I mean, it's... I Honestly, I think it's like... <laughs> we would have to check with, like, an L.A. friend, because I don't really keep... I yeah. like... But my, my loose impression is it's like an hour and 15 minutes from like... <laughs> by a car. Like, at best, so by, like, central Los Angeles. They'll take all these flights to, like, Stockholm, Sweden, Hong Kong, wherever. That's part of the Mexico City. But taking a, taking a <laughs> you know, two-hour little out-of-the-way trip to Santa Barbara is pretty off-limits. Brian, when you're a spy, your time is not your own. I get that, but... Couldn't they be like, okay, right after if Mexico City had gone well? Like, hey, I'm on PTO this weekend. <laughs> Wouldn't you just be like, you know what? I'm in Mexico City. From Once I arrive at the LA airport at LAX, I'm going to just take, tell the cab, take me to Santa Barbara. That's it. And he would be like, yeah, I'll do that too. Nope, that's, that breaks the rules of the show. That's part of the ridiculousness. God, so they can't find time to be together. Um, yeah, and I was surprised to see, uh, all the people are in the same meeting together now. So, like, at some point they're in a, they're in a, I don't know, a big CIA conference room and it's dark. <laughs> like, the headquarters are always very dark and, you know, mysterious. Yeah. But yeah, they're there's, all there's there now. hallways and... And yeah. I was like, oh, I guess everyone's on the same team now. A lot of them, except for... Sloan. The guy running SD6, Sloan. Creepy Ron Rifkin, who is great in the role of Sloan, who just, I guess, spends all his time and energy traveling around the world looking for artifacts. And has, See, I think, like, limitless funds, apparently, as a private citizen. And that's all he's doing. That's all he's doing. He started SD6. He started SD6, season one. Um, he kind of gets to me, because... And he doesn't... He's not in that much of this episode, but... He brings, he makes me recall the show Brothers and Sisters. Oh, yeah. Because he was the uncle, I think Uncle Saul. Am I making up that his name was Saul? I really only kind of glanced at that show a few times, but I remember that he was on it. I feel I was bored every time he was on that show. And that wasn't really his fault. It was just the show. I couldn't really like it. And so I automatically associate him with that show. Yeah. It brought back bad memories of watching that show. (laughs) And well, this show is a little bit of a grab bag of other shows, too. Terry O'Quinn's on it. Yeah. This is like The Lost. I don't know if you... Did wow. you ever watch Felicity? Uh, no. I didn't. Me neither. An older friend of mine did, though, and... 
an older friend of mine used to watch. Was Felicity. it Carol? It was Carol. Oh, okay. She um she tells me that Weiss, the character Weiss, who's like sort of a second fiddle on this episode and in general in the series. Wait, which one's Weiss? He's um I can't think of the actor's name. He's actually been on like a gazillion J.J. Abrams shows. Like I feel like he's got to be like a friend of his in real life. Okay. Um, and he's a good good actor. Greg something. Anyway, what what did he do in the show? He's like Vaughn's buddy. He also works at the agency in the show. Oh, I know exactly. Convincing with Marshall. Yes, yes. But he's also like carrying a gun in camouflage on the mission when they go to like Mexico. Like he's he's running through the hallway. They're all always on every mission. You're like it's the whole team. Sadly, I was like, it takes a village. He looks like he might be a little slower than the other people. On the like, oh no, he's very smart. Team, his no, no, I mean physically, like oh. they were all running, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I could see him maybe being like, hold on, I need to catch my breath while you got. Not that he was like really big, but I was just like, oh, I could just see him having. Oh yeah, they well they you they know didn't what? they care. Did, they didn't care about that, and they're like, if you're in the CIA or whatever agency, this you is, do every job. You got to do every job, and he actually they do do a thing about his weight. They try to build, they kind of try to shade him in as a character. Oh. The careful writing of the show. Well, I'm kidding. Look at me, like, criticizing the show for things that was taken care of that I just didn't know. You have to watch season three, four, and five. No, I'm not saying that. Yeah. <clears throat> but I might need to. You might need to watch the final episodes. Uh, I think they don't really tell you that much about what the telling is. And I still don't know that the, like... Are they, like, once we get all of these parts... Together, the prophecy. So something sci-fi will happen. Well, it's like the, it's the Rimbaldi device. Uh huh. <laughs> so was it at one time put together, and then the pieces all fell apart? Here's what I think. I think they wrote season one, and they're like, we got picked up, and they're like, all right, well, let's do this. Let's keep going with this Rimbaldi thing because it is like a the whole show. The reason I love it is because it's like a soap opera. Yeah. I mean, it's got a million twists and turns. They're all unbelievable. They're, it, it's, it's ridiculous. But if you kind of give over to the ridiculousness of it, that's what's so... I think that's actually what's super compelling and like crazy about it is how much like a soap opera it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, and so I don't know how completely the Rimbaldi question gets answered. Yeah. And no one cares. It's sort of like a MacGuffin. Of, oh, they're going after this, but yes. no one knows what the heck it is. Yes. Which makes sense, which is what those shows have to do. Uh, it, it has, this show has, you know, I'm an improviser, and it has, it's like if a bunch of people were improvising a spy show. But in, like, the best way, at, like, the height of their intelligence, and they took all kinds of, like, crazy chances. This episode has... She wakes up at the end of the episode. Yes. And it's two years later. That's a huge, like, potential jump-the-shark moment. And I imagine they lost viewers at the time. I don't know. No. I think that was interesting. Well, I think it's really risky and fun. What what happened for those last two years? You gotta tune in. You don't even know that her dad was completely okay. Well, and at the start of three, he's in prison. <laughs> <laughs> it's later that day. And, he's in and prison. you find out. He, and he has a beard. 
right? It, because they actually on um, <laughs> like a glued open beer on like iTunes. It showed like by episode or episode uh, season three, episode one, and it had Victor Garber, yes. and he's like, "Oh, it's," which I think they were probably like <laughs> taking that from I don't. I don't know when they found like Saddam Hussein in the hole and he like had the big beard or um, there's like a year of uh, there's a season of 24 uh-huh. where Kiefer Sutherland has like grown this long beard because he's been <laughs> he's been taken captive for a year and this is probably the same year they're probably like oh 24 just did this Let's, it's the year of the scraggly um, beard yeah uh, which works I'm sure it got got pretty great. I also, yeah, you don't know what happened to any of the characters over those two years. Which shows like to do when they get a little bored. Yeah. Because they can completely change the characters' lives a little bit. Yes. Uh, did you ever watch... So two other shows have done like it really big. Big time jumps? Yes. And that's like, I'm sure a lot have. But the two that come to my mind are One Tree Hill. Okay. So they were like, all the kids were in high school, yeah, yeah, having fun. And then they were like, you know, <laughs> Matt's neighbor is also having fun upstairs. <laughs> My neighbors upstairs are bowling, which I believe that's what it sounds like. Or I, I think they just drop something. I think they walk around and drop things. I think that's like what they do for entertainment. <laughs> They, no, I'm sorry. They come home, they put a pair of giant, like, kiss boots on, yeah. <laughs> walk around, and drop things. It's terrible. <laughs> it's a terrible. Okay, go ahead, sorry. Uh, One Tree Hill did it, and they didn't want to deal with the whole, oh, everyone goes to the same college, which a lot of the high school dramas will will do. And yeah. just put everyone together for the next four years. So they skipped over college. So all of the One Tree Hill kids come back. After college, do they have other actors do it or what? No, it's just they're like, all twenty five year olds playing high school kids. So it actually <laughs> like evens things out a lot more. And they could finally play their age. I have to say, I don't believe I've ever seen a single episode of One Tree Hill. Well, the way you can see it is if you don't have cable, but you only have the basic channels, and you move here and you don't change the channel one day. And, like, One Tree Hill is just playing on the TV. And then you're hooked. That Well, no, I was never hooked. Oh. But I just found it interesting. And then Desperate Housewives, if you ever watched that, they just moved it. Like, one day they were like, let's just push this five years into the future. So then suddenly, like, Eva oh. Longoria has two kids. In and so-and-so's divorced or, like, whatever, right? You yeah. Do- yeah. And it, it makes it interesting because you're like, oh, how did they get to this point? Because... Those two were happy together. And then, you know, it adds it adds a certain dynamic of, like, finding out what may have gone wrong during that time period. Well, and for sure the favorite tool of Alias is will Vaughn and Sydney ever <laughs> be happy together? Are they together? They're not together. They're together. They're not together. She's, he's her handler. Then they're not together. Then they are together. Then she's dead for two years. And they follow that line of logic, like, through until, like, you finally get an answer the last two episodes. And I hope like, they'll be together, but I don't give that part away. Yeah, I really that's, feel like if you're tantalized by... And that's this, the one <laughs> question I need to wait to find out. You watch episode one, episode two, uh, episode 22, 22 yeah. season two, and the last two episodes of the series. And I'll pretty much <laughs> get everything that happened. Well, I will say that this sets up also nicely for season three in Alias, which is all about them being apart, and then... 
there's a big, I will tell you this because it's really cool. Yeah. He's married to another woman and they, they spent a whole season three. And of course she is a fucking bad guy. Oh. And it all comes to like a big at the end of season three. Oh, now. Maybe you should just watch the first episode <laughs> of the season finale of this season. In the uh, season, in season three, are there a lot of flashbacks? Do we see things that happen? Or yeah, they start to give you the story of okay. her. Yeah, there's because one, she, why is she in Hong Kong? We don't know, so yeah, we're going to find out. She had another identity for the whole two years, Julia Thorne. And <laughs> Terry O'Quinn shows up on an airplane, and he, because he's been gone... Um, Terry O'Quinn shows up and briefs her and kind of, there's one episode, it's pieced together throughout the, th- the season, but there's one episode in particular where they like cover about 70% of it and they're just like, okay, let's answer this question. I feel maybe a good ending for Lost would have been for Jennifer, Sydney Bristow to show up at- to just show up and then it kind of makes sense like, oh, and maybe they were all just the results of the Rimbaldi device is that what it's called the Rimbaldi device I believe is what it's called yeah I never knows? watched Lost but it's in my future I feel it has uh, some really great episodes actually it's great and then you get to like season six yeah and then you kind of start thinking do they know where they're going with this the writers yeah. yes and they you felt they did at one time but maybe they didn't and also <laughs> ABC, like, didn't want this show to end because they were like, oh, we need to keep this show going. It's, like, our only it's current It's a juggernaut. Hit. Yeah. Like, ABC hasn't been doing well since they lost Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, so we finally have, like, a show people watch. Oh, you're, you yeah. have good history. Yeah. You're um, good with that. That was their big thing, though. Yeah, that was a, that time. And, you know, they didn't have it anymore, so they had to get these hits. How uh, long was... Sorry, how long was Lost on? Like, Lost was on, I want to say, so it started in, uh, oh, I believe it started in oh four, oh four oh five, like that season, fall of oh four. Okay. when it started. Um, because it was right when I moved up here. Yeah, that fall. This is fascinating. And then Lost went until probably... Oh, nine. Oh, so a good, nice, long run. Yeah, maybe it even went till 2010. But One yeah, of the things I love about seasons. Alias is it's five seasons, which is not nothing, but it's not so vast that you feel like you couldn't watch the whole thing. Yeah. Which you really should just watch the whole thing now. I mean... I feel like I have watched it. <laughs> I feel like Alias might be happening in the apartment above you. I know, of course, the cue up the noise when we're in the middle of this. <laughs> this very riveting... It's very riveting. It's a very podcast. important conversation. Uh, I do have a question. Keep talking, I'm going to get wine. Season one, there was a fiance character that dies right at the top of the show. And I think most people, when you're watching it, you're like, oh, he's going to die. Uh, you know that. Oh, but then her they tell fiance. You, yeah. Yes, they tell you, oh, he actually had a flight booked to Singapore. Was he in on something? Was he a bad guy, actually? Or do we ever know? I, you know, I would have to go back and watch. I think we find out that he worked for the agency, maybe. Oh. Mm. That would make pop. But she also... They had a reason to kill him. Okay. Because she tells him, 
she tells him about her secret life and he gets upset with her. Which I don't think that's... Sometimes I don't think the way they have uh, the other half of relationships react to things, they aren't true to form. Like, most people go like, whoa, that's really big news. I wish I had known more. They wouldn't, like, storm out and be like, I can't believe you. You're the worst. I don't feel for that. I don't know, Brian. I feel like if... He didn't know all that it entailed. He didn't know this meant her going to Stockholm, Sweden, Mexico City, Hong Kong, like, all within a day. Oh, so you've seen that more recently than me. Yeah. Oh, good. There's a dog, too. Yes. <laughs> um, you... So, wait. what? He storms out. He gets real pissed off. Uh, yeah, he's kind of, like, pretty angry and leaves for a bit, and she has to call him and be like... Maybe she calls him, and then he leaves. The reason he gets killed is because he leaves a voicemail on her phone identifying that he knows about it. He's also, he's very much an idiot, because who would call and be like... Like, she took all these precautions to tell him. She turns the music up as loud as possible, takes off all of her clothes, makes him take off all of his clothes, gets in the shower, turns on the water so that no sound is going to get picked up. He then, a few days later, says, oh, I'll call you and leave a voicemail saying, like, I can't believe you're a CIA agent, but, you know, I'm going to be cool with it. So he wasn't very smart, even if he is a bad guy. I feel like there's going to be a lot of those inconsistencies, too, where if you really went back and looked at it, you'd be like, but if this person was on this side of things, he actually never would have gone and done X and Y. Um, you can't analyze this show. You just have to watch it and go with it. 100%. Like, you will you will be off the rails in the first, like, two episodes if you follow, like, common sense. Right. No, it's to be enjoyed for the ridiculousness. Definitely. Uh, anything else about... We're really just talked about the whole show and not just this episode. But anything else about this episode or just the show overall that, like, you really love or that we haven't talked about? Um, no, I mean, I think that, like, if I was going to tell someone why they should watch this show, yeah, I would say it's great escapism. Um, and it's, it's different escapism than sci-fi escapism or any other, you know, everybody has their favorite thing. I love it because I love, like, James Bond. It's like a little taste of that. I love a strong female heroine character. Um... And I love the fantasy and the ridiculousness of it. The lack of logic, in fact, um, is what makes it, like, such a gem. It's great for conversation, too. Like, you can kind of, like... It's one of the few shows that I don't mind if someone talks to me while it's on. Yeah, you can miss things. Because you can kind of miss things and be like, listen, it's fine. If they're kidnapped, they're going to get found. Or they'll be dead. If they're they're a recurring character, they're not going to be found dead. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. And then occasionally they'll do something like have her mother jump off a building. <laughs> You're like, what? But she saves herself. But she saves herself. Or she... Sydney wakes up in Hong Kong two years later. Or they double her roommate. <laughs> yes. Or they use mind erasing techniques on like three of the characters. There's like, they take such huge leaps. That's what makes the show great. Yeah. Well, that is great to hear. I don't know if I'll ever get on track (laughs) to watch it all. And not because of a reflection of the show. I just feel like I've heard so many spoilers. No, it's obviously... Oh, no, you don't know... That's that's like two episodes worth of spoilers I've told you. Okay, so there's still many things I can 
find out. There's a, a nugget around every corner, Brian. All right. Well, then I, I'm in. I don't know when I'll get around to it, but when I finish the series, we will come back and we will talk about the season, the series uh, finale. Yeah, we'll really break it down. Yeah, and we'll have another show too because I feel we've already talked about everything Alias <laughs> that we could talk about. I can talk to you about ten other shows too. Great, but Alias is one of my faves. Uh, well, thank you for having this conversation today, Matt. Hey, thank you for yeah. Thank you for being you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you to the neighbors. Thank, a big thank you to the neighbors. I hope their sound was picked up and that people can hear exactly what they were doing. Send in your guesses on what they might have been doing <laughs> and we'll be excited to hear it. Just like real life. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for joining the Might See TV podcast today. We hope you enjoyed yourself. And if you did enjoy yourself, we hope you'll head on over to iTunes and give us a review. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Have a great one. Bye-bye. <laughs>